Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me Everyone needs forgiveness The kindness of a Savior The hope of nations Savior, He can
much. You may be seated. He conquered the grave. We're going to be talking about that today. And uh, uh, the resurrection is still our subject for today and for next week and then the next. <laughs> it won't last forever, but uh, I do have about seven messages on this particular subject. Alright, uh, Dr. Fred, would you come and lead us in our opening prayer, please? And Frank then will come and tell us what our updates are. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to meet with believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. We know that without it, we wouldn't be here. We thank you, Lord, that you're coming again. And may we have a great service as we worship you in truth and in spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. All right. You see, his seat is empty next to him this morning. Marlene's not feeling well. No, she's not feeling well at all. So we need to remember her in our prayers. Go ahead, Frank. Thank you. I don't have much of anything, any updates. Uh, I think that the tonsillitis thing came out right yesterday. The tonsils in advance. No, you know what? It's, it's not that Friday, it's the next. Well, that's we better, yeah. We, we had it down wrong. Okay, well, we need to pray about that because, uh, yeah, that's a little, their little great-grandson's going to have great a... Great-granddaughter. Granddaughter yeah. is going to have a tonsillitis and, and andoids removed. Uh, there's been a lot of sickness. We need to pray for that. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of I talked to a lot of people yesterday and a lot of people are sick. Um, I don't know if it's stress, I don't know what it is. It's probably because of our ages, I, I don't know, I have no idea, but uh, yeah, we need to keep everybody in prayer. And, and, and that's Dr. Fred's wife, obviously, she's in, she's in misery over her hip. Uh, Wanda's knees giving her a hard time. Uh, the buddy that I walk with in the morning, his back's all messed up and just, yeah, you need to pray for the just general health of these people. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. Um, and uh, Jack and Debbie are going to be leaving in the morning. Oh, they moved. <laughs> I, I was trying to see you here. Uh, but anyway, they're going to be flying back to the United States tomorrow, so remember them in your prayers as they travel. All right, uh, thank you for being here today. We're very thankful that you're able to be in our services. Uh, <clears throat> most of you probably don't know uh, Austin, but uh, Rennie's wife, uh, husband, <laughs> Rennie's husband, he's in the United States. Trying, he was trying to get some uh, help for his problems, and uh, they were telling him, uh, there's really not anything they can do. And so he's going to be coming back to uh, Panama maybe a little quicker than what he was planning to because he had allowed enough time for them to be, do some surgery or whatever they needed to do. And uh, now he's uh, not going to be able to get that done. But anyway, he'll be uh, back in uh, a few weeks. So you need to remember him and and remembering because he wasn't able to get done what he wanted to get done that would alleviate some of his pain. We know how that is. 
Wanda had the same experience. As we went back, we thought she was going to be able to get something done, and she'd come back a new person. Well, she came back the same person. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other concerns this morning? If not, our next hymn is Everlasting God. Let's stand again as we sing.
One other uh, family we need to remember in our prayers. Uh, most of you know the Jewish baker or knew the Jewish baker uh, here in, in uh, San Francisco. And, and uh, he has passed away. They had his funeral yesterday. And uh, so, so let's remember that family in our prayers, if you will. All right, Romans chapter 10 is where we're looking at today. And, um, you know, I had never thought of these verses of Scripture necessarily for a resurrection message. But it's here, isn't it? It's very plain. And uh, we're going to be looking at that today as we think about you know, we use these verses of Scripture in talking about salvation. Showing a person how to be saved. Showing a person what they need to do in order for them to have God's salvation. This is a part of what we call, what is it, Bob? The Roman road, right? And so, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13 is usually where I end up as I go through the Roman road with an individual showing them how to be saved because the last verses of that, the last words of that, is telling them to call upon the Lord, isn't it? And that's what a person has to do. In order for them to be saved, in order for a person to have salvation, they have to call upon the Lord. But there's some other things that they need to understand as they do. Let us read those verses, Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. And then we'll come back and we'll talk with, uh, about some of these verses as we think about the proclamation or the giving forth of the message of resurrection. The proclamation of res resurrection. He says, if you confess your uh, with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Now the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Father, we thank You today that we have the privilege of being in Your house, talking about the things that You give us in Your Word. We thank you for these verses today that have been something that we could hold on to. Something that we could understand and know. As we at one time in our lives called on you to ask you to be our Savior. And if there are those in our midst today who haven't done that, if there's only one who hasn't called on you, who hasn't trusted in you as their personal Savior, we would pray that before this day ends, they would do that very thing. 
Now again, Father, we ask for your blessings upon the reading of your word today and help us as we look at some of these things that we might understand them more plainly and we might be able to use them in our lives to benefit us and to benefit those that we come in contact with. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In this particular passage, the uh, Apostle Paul is talking to us about salvation. And in doing this, he tells us that if one is to be saved, notice now, if an individual is to be saved, he must believe in his heart. Did you notice those words? Believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. Why? Because there are certain things that the resurrection proclaims about Jesus that must be believed, the Bible is saying here, if we're going to be saved, that is. The resurrection of Christ testifies about some other things. And we're going to look at some of those here today. First of all, it testifies that Jesus is Lord. It testifies that Jesus is Savior. And it testifies that Jesus is enough that you don't need anything else. And so we're going to use those three things this morning as we think about this passage of Scripture, the resurrection of Jesus. We notice that he mentions the Lordship of Christ in connection with his resurrection. That's because the resurrection proclaims that He is Lord. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19, the Apostle Paul again writing these scriptures tells us that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is also the head of, head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Now, the Apostle Paul uses a great explanation there about some of the things that we're looking at in these verses of Scripture. Firstborn over all creation. We uh, could talk about that for a long time this morning as well because He is the Creator. John chapter 1. John talks about Jesus being the one who created all things. And 
in his resurrection we have proof of the lordship of Jesus Christ it authenticates the things that are said about him as creator we can know that he created all things because he arose from the dead the firstborn of all creation as it says there God is at work now making all things new one of the things that Jesus said as he was getting ready to go back to heaven he told his disciples and he told us today I go to prepare a place for you remember that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Great verses of Scripture, aren't they? That give us assurance that Jesus not only did what he did at Calvary and in the resurrection, but he's coming again. We don't have to doubt that. He promises that that's what he's going to do. And when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we can know that he's going to come again for us. That's a promise. It's not something we have to question. It's not something we have to worry about. It's not something that we doubt. Because this is a promise that who makes? That God makes. Now sometimes I may promise George that I'm going to do certain things and is George going to believe that I'm going to do that? Well, <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> but I may not fulfill that, right? You know, something may come up. I may stump my toe and I may not be able to go and do whatever it was that I promised George that I was going to do. But when we hear a promise from God, when God gives His Word, we can believe it. We don't have to doubt that it's going to come to pass. And Jesus is telling us that He's coming again. Now, I know it's been 2,000 years, hasn't it? It's been more than 2,000 years since He left. And so some people are saying, where's, where's the promise of His coming? Since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of time. Well, that's not quite true. Everything hasn't continued as it was from the beginning of time. Again, we could get on some of these other subjects and we could spend all day there, couldn't we? But, Jesus has promised that He's coming again. And the resurrection tells us that what Jesus says there is true. We can believe him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed, old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Old things are passed away. We have the assurance from God that we have a new body waiting for us. 
Now, I don't know whether this new body is going to look just exactly like this old body or not. I think it's going to have a lot of similarities. It may not be quite as ugly as <laughs> this body. But, it's a new body. It's a body that is going to last forever. This body doesn't last forever, does it? Now, in fact, it says it's appointed to man once to die. All of us can look forward to dying. And then it says after this, the judgment. We'll talk a little more about that in just a moment. But this work of making us new that Jesus promises us here will be completed when Jesus returns. It's not going to happen until He does. We're not going to be given new bodies until He comes again. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 from the Amplified Bible. I like the way that it puts it here. It says, I'm convinced, I'm sorry, yeah, that's where it begins. I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up until the time of His return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. You see, as we're waiting for that new body, we're not sitting down and just twiddling our thumbs, so to speak. But we have work to do. And God is doing a work in us during that period of time. He's completing in us those things that are needed. We become more Christ-like as we give ourselves to the study of God's Word, as we give ourselves to the work that God would have us to do, the things that are needed in our lives. And so, He works in us. The point is that Jesus in His resurrected glorified body is a testimony of the fact that He is capable of performing what the Bible says He's going to do both in our lives today and in giving us a new body when He comes again. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we're going to be someday like the heavenly man. These old bodies are, are dying, aren't they? Somebody was talking this morning about the aches and pains that we have. Frank, it was you. <laughs> And as I look around today, there's, there's not many of us Courtney's age. And she doesn't have any aches and pains, I don't think. But all of us that have reached past, oh, let's just say the age 60, is that a, <laughs> a good point? All of us here today mostly are, are past that age. And we have aches and pains, don't we? My pains wake me up at night. Any of you testify to that 
fact. This is testimony that our bodies are giving out. That, that you know, they're wasting away. And one of these days, they're going to give up on us completely, aren't they? We're going to die. But the fact is, that's a great thing for an individual who knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. What did I say a little bit ago? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When these old bodies give up, when they give out, when we die, we're going to go to be with the Lord. We don't have to worry about that. That's a promise that He gives us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to read several verses of Scripture there, beginning with verse 49, from the New Literal Translation. Listen to what it says. It, it sounds like a conversation that we would have here today. It says, Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. I started this a moment ago. You noticed. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying body must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. I like that, don't you? I like the way that it puts that. It reveals even deeper the idea of our being transformed, our being changed. Now how could the Apostle Paul be so confident that these things are true? Well, he knew that victory awaits because the person who gave that message had risen from the dead, had come forth from paying the penalty of our sins, and the Bible says he's alive forevermore. And so he's able to give that assurance because he lives forever, never to die again. Andrew Murray, some of you may know him, an author, and he had this to say about this particular thing. He said, God is ready to 
assume full responsibility for the holy yielded body to him. Now what is he saying? The assurance that Jesus gives not only of a resurrected body, but of working with us in our bodies during this life, he says that if we will yield to him, he's going to take full responsibility for us. That's what the Bible tells us as well, doesn't it? If whatever we yield to him, as much as we yield to him, then he will take charge of that. He will be responsible for that and He will help us to live the kind of life that we need to live while we're still on this earth. And then lastly, this morning, not only is Jesus Lord, not only is He our Savior, but He is enough. We don't need anything else. Note that he emphasized the fact that because Christ is risen from the dead, he's Savior, he's Lord, and he richly blesses those that place their faith in him. All who would do that, regardless of who they are. Notice he talks about Jews and Gentiles, doesn't he? Verses 12 and 13. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks, since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, or will be saved. You see, Jesus is not prejudiced. Is he? It doesn't make any difference who you are if you will place your faith and your trust in Him. He will give you that salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. You've heard that phrase. That's something that we've talked about many times before. But it's placing faith and trust in what God said He would do. And that's grace. We're saved by grace. We call it amazing grace. But what is grace? It's the unmerited favor of God. Unmerited. In other words, we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. And after we receive that gift of eternal life, we can never repay it. God's grace means that we receive what we don't deserve. The gift of forgiveness, eternal life, redemption, communion with God an eventual new body that He's going to give us, all of these things. 
Have you ever thought about how the thief on the cross had 0% chance of spiritual growth? He couldn't grow in grace, could he? Now you can. I can. Because we can receive Christ while we're still living, while we're still on this earth. But But the thief was in his dying hour when he called on the Lord and he was saved. He wasn't baptized. He didn't join a church. He didn't tithe. (laughs) He took what God offered. Something that he didn't deserve, something that he didn't earn, something that he couldn't pay back. He took it because God offered it. You remember he cried out to the Lord and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Isn't that what he said? And what did Jesus tell him? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Didn't he? He went to be with the Lord when he left his body. Now let me tell you the truth here today. When you call on Him, remember our verses of Scripture, if we call on Him, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, it says. And if we call on Him, that means that we too, when we die, will be with Him in heaven. Just as surely as the thief on the cross was going to be with the Lord. And he received salvation not because he deserved it. And let me stop and say this. I received salvation not because Steve Wood deserved it. But I received it as a free gift without any strings attached that I might be his child might be forgiven of my sins and have everlasting life. It's like this. Life for you to imagine just a moment that one of your children or one of your friends or uh, someone that you love at Christmas time maybe we give gifts at Christmas time or at birthdays. But think about this for just a moment. This particular individual wants something really bad. It's something that you know that they would like to have. And you make up your mind that you're going to give them that particular thing that they're looking for, that they want, that they desire. And so when Christmas comes or birthday comes or whatever it is, and... and, uh, it's time for the giving of that gift. You, you give that gift to them. And they open it and they see what it is and oh, they're just overjoyed with, with receiving this particular gift. And they come and hug your neck and you hug them back. <laughs> they say, I love you, Daddy, or, you know, I love you, Joe, or whatever, <laughs> whoever it is. And you say, well, I'm glad you like it. You're welcome. 
But then you reach in your billfold and you pull out a bill that you paid for that particular thing and, and you give it to them and you say, this is how much you owe me for that gift. No. We don't do that, do we? If it's a gift, they don't pay for it. That's what we're saying here today. The gift of salvation is the most expensive thing that an individual could ever receive. And you can't pay for it. We can't pay Him back. There's no way that we could pay for what God has given. It's a gift. And we have to receive it as a gift. Not something that we're paying for in the installment plan. You know, a lot of people have the idea, well, I'm going to be saved and then I'm going to pay God back. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to uh, put my tithe in the uh, offering plate. I'm going to uh, be an individual that will tell others about Jesus. And, and, you know, this is how I'm going to pay God back for what He's given me. Is that true? No. Why do we do those things that I mentioned a moment ago? Why, why do we go to church? Why are we baptized? Why do we, why do we give? Why do we serve God? Is it to pay Him back? No. We can't pay Him back. And we do those things out of gratitude. We serve God because we love Him. And we want Him to know that we appreciate what He's given to us that we might have the resurrection. That we might have life with Him after this life ends. In Romans 6.23 the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The wages. Now most of you have worked at a job somewhere or another. What are wages? That's what you receive for a day's work or for a week's work or maybe you got paid every two weeks and, and the wage was what you got paid. Right? For whatever you did. The wages of sin is death. Now that's not just talking about dying like we know people die. But that's talking about eternal separation from God. The second death, as the book of Revelation puts it. He whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's the death it's talking about here. Yes, physical death too. The wages of sin is physical death. That's what... Adam was promised. But it also means the second death. It also means the separation from God for all eternity. That's what we earn. 
That's what we deserve. And so it takes the gift of God to give us eternal life. To give us His salvation. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 17 through 21 it says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed. And look, new things have come. Everything is from God. Who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Certain that God is appealing through us that uh, we plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Now I know that's, that's a heavy passage of Scripture. But He's given to us the message of reconciliation. Given to us the responsibility of letting others know about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how through that resurrection we can have salvation. We can have eternal life. Verse 17 there tells us that we're a new creation. Old is gone. The new has come. And that has two different meanings, by the way. Yes, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. When we say yes to Him, when we trust Him as our personal Savior. But the deeper part of that is the fact that when I say yes to Jesus... I move from eternal death to eternal life. Completely different from what I was before. So I have new life. The old has gone. And we have that ministry then of reconciliation in our lives. What does the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead declare? Well, it declares that Jesus is Lord. That's the things that we talked about here today. That Jesus is Savior. And that Jesus is enough. I hope you remember those things as you leave here today. And... So then, as God raised Christ from the dead, He is going to raise us from the dead one day. We have His Word. We have His assurance. And you know what a contract is, don't you? 
And when you sign a contract, you're liable for whatever it is you're signing that contract for, right? Jesus signs a contract with you when you place your faith and trust in Him as your personal Savior. And He signed it in His own blood. And it's the truth. People need to believe it. And there are many who right now need His salvation. Who did He say has the, uh, has the ministry of reconciliation? You and I do. Not in order to pay for our salvation. We couldn't do that if we wanted to. But out of gratitude to God, we want to follow Him. We want to do what He asks us to do. And so He tells us to tell others about Jesus. How many people do you know that are lost? As far as you know, they're lost. They haven't received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we need to live a life before them that will tell them about Jesus. We need to know enough of the Scriptures to be able to show them from the Bible what God says they need to do that they might have that salvation. It's not hard to learn just a few Scriptures and to be able to be ready. Instant in season and out of season. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul told us in another place? And we need to be ready when an individual asks us. And you know as they look at your life, they see you going through some of the same hardships, having the same problems that they have, yet you don't have the same reactions to life that they have. They see a difference. And somebody, sometime or another, is going to come and say, how can you do that? And that's your opportunity to tell them about the difference in your life. And that difference, of course, is Jesus Christ. That difference is knowing that you have eternal life. And He is helping you. Remember how He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you in your life as we live for Him. And He'll help you be able to be the witness to others that you need to be. And to be able to tell them about your Savior and how He's made all the difference in the world in my life. Let us stand together. Our final hymn is Jesus Messiah. And as we sing this together, if there's a decision that's needed, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let me show you. I don't ask you to take my word for it, but I do ask you to take God at His word. And let's see what God says you need to do. Would you come as we sing? He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness he humbled himself
and carry the cross. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. Name above
again, thank you for being here today. Dale, would you come and ask him to lead us in our closing prayer? Invite others to come and be with us. Maybe you know people out there that are not going to church. And we would love to have them with us. And uh, Dale, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this place. We thank you for the people that are here and the message that we receive today. But above all things, as the preacher said, the death of your son saved us. And we need to remember that every single day. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.